Weekly Playtime with Stacy and Devin. The internet tells us that we're a health and wellness podcast, but you won't find any professional advice here. <laughs> That's right. We are just here to share our journeys so that hopefully our failures make you feel better about yours. Uh, Devin, is there a category for just relatable podcasts? I don't know. Probably. Let's be that. <laughs> Sounds good. Oh, Stacy, Devin, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. <laughs> yeah? yeah. Yep. Okay. It's it's great. Whatever week this is, it was a great week, and I feel really happy you to be here right now. <laughs> you know, this week this week went by so fast. I just don't. Even, it was a blur. I don't remember I, it. I don't have no idea what's happened. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that we're both drinking wine. Yes. How did you know, Devin? I, I, you know, it's my spidey sense. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you just had that feeling. I had that connecting. feeling. Yep. You know, we're both, uh, we're both on the same wavelength. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After so. recording a hundred and episodes together, um, you know, we're just linked like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's true. It's true. Mm-hmm. Especially in, in the, uh, spring, fall, summer, whatever season it is right now. <laughs> yes. You know, all these, uh. Those current events are, whoo. <laughs> I can't believe the world these days. You know what I mean? I know. Yeah, I know. Don't you know? <laughs> There's your Midwestern coming out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm converting. You're converting. Oh, no. No. I'm going to be a Southern Midwesterner. Not allowed. Not allowed. <laughs> <laughs> Weird hybrid. Is that a thing that can happen? I guess it is a thing that can happen. I, I mean, um, I guess, dep- depending on... I feel like... I mean, I don't know. I don't think I have that much of an accent, but people up here tell me that I do. Uh, but I feel like I would be someone that could get influenced and would, after living here for a while, would start to pick up another accent. Like I would start molding to their words. <sighs> That's why you need to come back south as soon as possible. That's true. I agree. <laughs> get your butt south. <laughs> yes. Um, so we do have a topic today. We do. And I have a feeling it's going to be one that we talk about a lot. So we should just yeah. dive right in is what I think. Okay. Yep. I agree um, with that. Which is generations. Yeah. Talking, Talking about, about my, my generation. generation. <laughs> that probably did not line up in the audio because I know there was a delay, but it sounded perfect right now. It sounded great. Yeah. And we did not plan that. We no, did not that plan was completely that. spontaneous. Yes. Yes. Um, anyway, I wanted to kind of like give some backstory as to why I thought, because this was my idea for a topic, and I wanted to give some backstory as to why I was like interested in this, um, because it's it's related to the, to the pandemic that has affected the world at some point in (laughs) recent times, um, (laughs) and, um, and I've been, you know, like I had my kids who mm-hmm. were being homeschooled and not seeing their friends and like only seeing people through FaceTime and being completely isolated. And I was like, this has got to have some type of major um, impact on them. Yeah, like they're going to, this is going to mark them. They're going to like, they'll never forget this year, right? Yeah. Um, And so... And then it made me think, well, what what other types of things? I mean, obviously, there's never been anything like what we've gone through. Um, 
Not in our with, lifetime. With the pandemic. In our lifetime. Yes. Important to qualify. Um, yes. But, you know, I was like, but other we, we've had other things that we have all dealt with. And what have been the, you know, what are the things that have kind of shaped all the different generations out there? And so I was like, that would be a cool thing to think about. It's like, what are our generations and what shaped us? And what were our like influential moments that we remember from when we were kids that were like, you know, whether it was current events or whether it was stuff that was going on in the world, like what shaped us to be who we are today? And, you know, also how does that shape the generations that we're in? And also, do we feel like the generations really reflect who we are or not? Right. Um, so anyway, that was where that all came from. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but I thought we could start with just like, well, I guess first te- telling uh, officially, according to the, according to Wikipedia, um, according to the experts, like where, what generations we are supposed to fall into, at least into the like accepted generations. Yeah. And this is, um, which we'll get to this. And I think... Mm-hmm. I think uh, the exennials are becoming a thing, but right. I should say in the beginning where we fall, I am a millennial. Oh, <laughs> you sound so sad about that, too. I am so pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I can go on a rant now, or I can wait until you tell us yours. But okay, we'll wait. Yeah, we'll wait. We'll wait till we get to that point. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I am interested in your rant. So okay, um, I am Gen X. Uh, uh-huh. Just barely. And mm-hmm. actually, one of the interesting things, and this will come up a little bit later, too, when we start talking about Xennials, um, is that, so my mom was born in 1960, and I was born in 1979. Mm-hmm. And she, like, depending on what article you look at, she's, like, either right at the end of the baby boomer generation or right at the beginning of Gen X. So she's also on one of those cusps where she's, okay. like, in between two generations. And then I'm in between two generations because now pretty much everything I read says Gen X goes to 1980. So I am okay. right at the tail end of Gen X. Um, but just at the tail end of it, like by the skin of my teeth. Um, so I find that interesting that, that both my mom and I were like <laughs> at yeah, the end of Potentially the, in the same Right, exactly. We might have yeah. been in the same. Like, we could have both been Gen X's, which makes sense because she had me so young. But, like, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, we were both kind of on these cusps between two uh, transitions in time, I guess. Yes, yeah. So, which makes sense, depending on if you know us, either one of us. That yeah. makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, um, I never thought about it, of course, but I could definitely see her more as a Gen Xer than a baby boomer. Because a yes. baby boomer seems to be the uptight, like, crotchety. I mean, I know at this point they're like the crotchety old people that you're like, okay, boomer is the right. kind of phrase. But, you know, um, but, you know, they're kind of like the uptight kind of like, they keep... Right. I always thought of them as the people that had one job and that was it for their entire life. Yeah, and that's yeah. Just, like that's just who they. That's were. definitely not my mom. <laughs> no. Yeah. See, I don't. I don't see her in that category. No. Um. Yeah. I think she was definitely whether wherever she felt she was definitely more a Gen X type of person for sure. Yeah. Um. In in many different ways, but yeah. So I thought that was interesting too. 
but why don't you tell us why you hate being a millennial, <laughs> and then we'll hop into some of the other topics that I want to discuss. Okay, sure. Um, uh, I was thinking of... Hold on a second. Because I saw an article... Well, I guess we can get to this. Okay, sorry. I was trying to get something real quick. <laughs> what? 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 Okay. You're a millennial. Uh, you can't stay focused. <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah, that's my problem. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, the very first thing that kind of pissed me off about being... <laughs> and it's, it's just like the stereotype that comes along the avocado with millennial. toast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> avocado toast. But the kind of like they were the generation that got... Um, the awards the participation awards and that they were kind of babied and that now they get mad if they don't get their way you know kind of thing so i guess that kind of um because i am driven by achievement and um Mm -hmm. you know i am competitive and so to me i've worked very hard to get Mm -hmm. where i am and to earn what i have gotten 100 percent. yeah and so that kind of mentality in the first place pissed me off then the whole mess with Occupy Wall Street is the thing that really turned me against the millennial generation and being called that because I thought it was incredibly infuriating that they went there and they did this thing and had no plan. <laughs> so, like, I remember they were sitting there and... So finally, Wall Street or whatever was like, okay, let's go down and see what their demands are. Let's see why they're doing this. And they were like, I don't know. It, we just we just don't like you because you're the establishment. Or something. You know? And it was like, seriously? Seriously. You've just, the world is watching and your plan is, I don't know. It just seems like a good idea. I just, I didn't have a job and I was mad that you're making more money than me. So I'm going to sit on this sidewalk and, and annoy you. That was their plan. Okay. What the F. <laughs> so I have not, I've never forgiven them for that, like that black mark on our generation. For not having and a so, plan. Well, yeah, for, that was an embarrassment of you do this big movement. You actually accomplish something and have no plan for why you're doing it. You're mm. doing it because you're a spoiled brat. And because you, so you sat there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that's. I that's have different opinions about Occupy on Wall Street, but I was going through a different part time in my life when that happened. So that may be why. Yeah. Well, and also, okay, so I should say I don't watch the news, but (laughs) from my perspective, which everything is about perspective. So regardless, if that was what I got out of it, if that was the perceived thing that came to me, well, then you obviously did something wrong because you didn't get your message across. Okay. Um, So maybe you had a message, but what the F was it? Because it sure didn't translate. So... So that was an embarrassment. And since that time, I never want to be associated with millennials. Okay. So okay. in my workplace, I have been the youngest person in my office for a very long time. Okay. Like maybe since I started, I was trying to think. So a lot of times the first thing that people say is, oh, you're one of those millennials. And it comes up repeatedly. Mm-hmm. And once again, it pisses me off because they just think 
that I'm that like I just want to bring in my avocado toast and my latte and you know or whatever or I'm going to I'm going to cry if I don't get my way or you know like they just think that I want to be handed things and if I'm not handed things that I can't handle it. Right. And that is the mentality of the millennials in a non-millennial workplace. Okay. And okay. and maybe that's my fault for not working in a more uh, age-friendly workplace. Maybe <laughs> in that's a my fault. Place. Yeah, in a hipper place. Maybe that's my fault for working in a in somewhere where I am the youngest person for as long as I can remember. But right. it it has been incredibly. You aren't you respected like that's just mm-hmm. you know people are like oh you're they'll be like oh I remember when we were working like twelve hour days and then they'll turn to me and be like oh but you're one of those millennials so you don't remember that time you know like those kinds of comments happen. And you're like, I worked a 12 hour day yesterday. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that is why I, if anyone calls me a millennial, (laughs) I go off on them and I base, my boss is terrified to call, to even (laughs) say the word millennial. And I told him, I said, you can say whatever you want about millennials. Just don't call me one. Right. So a few years ago, and I think it was probably three or four years ago when I first saw it, but is when they came out with the exennial mm-hmm. um, combination between Gen X and uh, millennials, and that's where I felt much more at home because mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't like if I read articles or if I read things about what they assume about uh, millennials, I don't really fit in. Right. Um, now, don't get me wrong; there are some things that I do feel a little bit like. I know they say like millennials do want more flexible, like they don't want to work an eight to five. And right, right. yeah, I'm not a morning person. I would like to have a flexible schedule where I can come and go or like where I maybe the person in the office is annoying me. So I want to go sit at a coffee shop and I want to work instead of sitting in an office and work. And right. I don't think it should look bad on me because I want to go somewhere else and work. Um, which I'm actually kind of thankful for this whole quarantine thing because that's kind of broken the barrier. Right. Of, you know, it's kind of changed everybody's yeah. perspective on that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really glad about that. Um, so yes, there are some things and I do, I love avocado toast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love avocado toast and I love yoga and I want to work from a coffee shop. So yes, I have some millennial traits, but... <laughs> I do not have their worth at work ethic or mentality. Okay. 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 So that's end end of my rant. Well, I'll go ahead and go into like an overview of Gen X then. um, Just because uh, there are some ways that I feel like I do identify with Gen X. And then there are some ways that I don't necessarily, I guess. Um, It's actually kind of funny the way that, that that changes, but. Like, um, you know, Gen X is often associated with being a latchkey kid. And like, I literally, mm-hmm. I literally wore my house key on a little chain around my neck underneath my shirt so that when yeah. I got off the bus, I would go to my apartment and unlock my door. Like, I literally was a latchkey kid. Um, yeah. And I came from a home that was broken several times because my mom was married and divorced four times in my life yeah um so like I definitely fit into that um and I was definitely like and I we talked about this in the in the internet episode (laughs) we were talking about um 
how I had a computer when I was a kid and it was like yes. an Apple IIc and then how I like kind of grew up with this like computer world. Um, you know, so that was a big thing and I loved MTV. It was huge in my life. Um, we watched um, we watched MTV all the time. I watched MT- I watched MTV all the time. And then um, whenever when the 90s, whenever the whole grunge thing hit and it was like, you know, Nirvana and um, Soundgarden and, you know, um, Pearl Jam, like it was just it everything exploded. And we watched like 120 minutes all the time, which was like this midnight uh, alternative type of uh, video show that would come on and on Sunday nights and like that was definitely <laughs> my world. Mm-hmm. That being said, one of the things that gets associated with with uh, Gen X people a lot is like this complete cynicism. Like we just gave up, right on on life or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I am not a cynical person at all. Like I don't have. I mean, I guess I do have a cynical bone in my body, but I'm like. Overall, I feel like I'm relatively optimistic. Sometimes yeah. I'm cynical, but I also have a lot of optimism. I don't think I just assume everything's going to go wrong. Yeah. Um, so that's know. that's kind of funny because I'm definitely... You wouldn't know it, I think, when you just talk to me, but I'm definitely a cynical person. And for the longest <laughs> time... <laughs> for the longest time... Me and James had this argument of... The, the argument of, um, do you think people are innately good or innately bad? Uh-huh. And he's always been on the innately good, and I've mm-hmm. always been on the innately bad. Side. Oh my god! Yes, I would 100%. not know that about you because I feel yeah. like you're so optimistic and positive all the time. But I am, and I consider myself an optimist. But I yeah. consider myself an optimist about situations, oh. not about people. I have okay. no trust. For people. <laughs> I do not. I I do not well, rely on people. You know, everybody yeah. was like, "Oh fuck, these people shouldn't be so rich," and came to. Occupy Wall Street, and you're mad at them because they don't have a plan? Yes! Because <laughs> what good did it do? It did no good. They just embarrassed themselves. They proved nothing. Oh, okay, Jesus. sorry. No, that's okay. That. <laughs> that's <laughs> but that's where I do think, and I think we should talk about the quiz that we took. Yes. Um, <laughs> because, yes, I think that is why I fell more into the Gen X, is because I do tend to be more cynical about at least about some things right most people right um and i do want to talk about that but i did want before we got into like the zennial thing and the quiz that we took i did want to talk just a minute about like events like major events that you remembered obviously you talked about occupy wall street already um Mm -hmm. but like especially from your childhood like what sorts of things were happening in the world that you were like oh fuck (laughs) Yeah. Either this is this is a big thing, though either the world is ending or man that's amazing, like whatever. Just things that affected you in some way. So, what I kind of did was I I looked up um major events for generation X and generation Y mm-hmm. and then I wrote down the ones that I actually remembered. So the ones that I felt like I felt like if I kind of remember it or it kind of had an impact on me, right? Right, right. So, um, and they range from all sorts of things. You'll see. Because I'll go through the list here. Um, <laughs> so, like, for example, Napster um, mm-hmm, and getting, mm-hmm. and the, which is funny because my first job was at a CD store. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, 
the whole idea of this free music that you could download was just like, uh oh, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I remember you had on Napster, you had to look for the files that had like the most downloads because sometimes mm-hmm. you would download something and it would be totally different or it'd be a really crappy version. Um, and yep. so you, ha- yeah, like I just thought, I think that was really funny. I literally but, had a sticker on my car that said uh, Napster, had the Napster cat and yeah. it said, thanks for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. So, and then uh, MTV Real World, which you mentioned, Mm -hmm, the MTV mm -hmm. generation. And again, this is where I feel like I fit a little more into the um, Generation X side because that was kind of the first real reality TV. Yes, That was like, oh my God, they are showing... And we, of course, didn't realize at the time that it was more scripted than we realized. Right, right. Yeah, we were like, oh my God, they're showing what they're doing. Right, right. It was a big deal. Did you watch Um, the original... Real world, like the first one. Yeah, 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 me too. And that was like, it was a big deal. (laughs) I was like, yes, I want to get on the real world. How do I get on the real world? Exactly. Yeah. Um, And then along that same line was the whole um, emergence of uh, Facebook and MySpace, Mm -hmm. which I honestly was a little more on MySpace. Um, Facebook, when it first came out, was a little stuffy. Mm -hmm. Um, And you couldn't do... Yeah, I know. You couldn't do anything on Facebook. You, you couldn't... Like, MySpace was so cool because you could actually do some coding and, and like, change the background. And yeah. You, could do, you know, and all this kind of stuff. Um, where MySpace, you couldn't change anything. and Or Facebook, you couldn't change anything. And it was almost more of a professional networking. Yeah. It seemed to be a little more professional. Um, and so, at the time, yeah, I was more into MySpace and Facebook really wasn't anything. But... Um, of course, um, September 11th, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really skip over that, which it was a big deal. Um, and that was kind of, well, that and also the Columbine shooting, which it didn't oh, yeah. um, attribute that to a certain generation, but it was in 1999. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a big deal because that was kind of really the beginning of the in- uh, heightened school security. And yeah. being... That and the September 11th was kind of both like this whole terrorist security thing, you know, and kind of being aware that like no longer being safe. Yeah. Yeah. What? How old were you when uh, Columbine happened? Because I was pregnant, I think. Um, So, (laughs) I think so. Or close to uh, well, being pregnant, at least. Yeah. It, well, in '99, I would have been. Um, Seven? No, sixteen. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes so sense. So sixteen, yeah. So um, you probably had some immediate effects then, like at your high school, maybe. Yeah, I, mean, I don't I was know. In still school, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the Exxon oil spill. Um, yes. And kind of being against that kind of turned everyone against the uh, you know like gas and oil and those corporations that. Like, they're hurting the environment kind of thing. Right. Um, that was a big deal. Um, you mentioned latchkey kid, which I didn't wear my key around my neck, but I did. Um, my parents my parents are still married, and they've been married for I don't know how many years, 38 or no, wait, 44, uh, <laughs> a while. 
<laughs> yes, they've been married for 40-something years. Uh, 45-ish. Um, so they have never gotten divorced, but um, they did both work, which mm-hmm. was a big deal at the time. The dual-income yes. families. Um, and so, yeah, I came home. My mom wasn't there. You know, she was still at work. And so... Um, I just had a key and I came in and, you know, always make sure you lock the doors. So right. Come in the house Don't answer and, the phone. Don't go outside yeah. until I come home. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, that, that affected me. Um, and I think did make me more independent. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then the O.J. Simpson case. Which was oh, how could I have forgotten about that one? Yes, yes. Uh, yes. And I remember watching that. We, I was in middle school at the time. And mm-hmm. they had it on. Oh, like, yeah. In the room. And it was like, this is a murder case. And you just, like, it was a huge deal. I don't know. Yeah, um, I was in high school and I did the same thing. It was like always yeah. all this, like the little Channel yes. 1 TVs that they had in yeah. every room. And it was just like, yeah. why are you watching? <laughs> I don't know. But they did. Yep. Um but now, something that I am um, a little more proud of, which they um, attributed this to Generation Y, or the Millennials, um, but was that same-sex marriage was approved for the first time, or passed for the first time in 2004. Mm-hmm. And something that like one of the articles said was that um, for the Millennials, it was like, yeah, like it's no big deal. Like, this should have been legal a long time ago. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like it wasn't like, you know, for like baby boomer types, it's like, oh, you're going to let same sex marriage happen. Oh, my right. gosh. You know, right. and uh, so, you know, although I do hate some aspects of the millennials, I also can ap- appreciate some things like that where they're more accepting and open to things, you know. Right. So that was something that I wrote down that was kind of a a big deal that I was proud of, I guess. On right, right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what about you? Do you have any moments? I know I just made a pretty long list there, but no, that's good. No, uh, I definitely did. Um, mine kind of start in 1986. I guess that before the age of seven, I wasn't really paying attention to the world too much. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, I mean, seven. Now, I mean, I don't know how much you would remember it, you know, seven. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember I stuff that happened to me personally, but I, like, I wasn't really yeah. clued into like the world yet. Yeah. Um, but like, I remember remember Chernobyl happening um, mm. and that being like a real deal. Um, and it was kind of, it was especially a big deal because at the time, I believe I was living in Oak Ridge and... Um, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like... Well, if that could happen there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and just in case anyone that's listening isn't from Knoxville or Tennessee. Uh, yeah, I guess that's, yes. Yeah, Oak Ridge was where they developed the atom bomb. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yes. Yep. Yep. Um, and so there is still, and there's all sorts of books about the crazy, like, radiation and mm-hmm. um, just all the stuff that happened there as a result of that. So, right. Um, which one of my favorites is... Um, the girl, the local girl, we read it in book club. Oh, yes. The, um, Julia, Julia Watts. Yeah. But what was yeah. the name of the book? No. Secret, Secret, Secret City? No, was it Secret City? I think so. Or Secret something. Yeah. Yeah, it probably was Secret City. Anyway, yes. Yeah. That's yes. kind of a fun, fun. That's a fun read. I'll, I'll, uh, yeah. I'll make sure to link that in notes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, you know, and at the time, right, we're still in the middle of the Cold War, we're still like building bombs out there. Nothing has been decommissioned yet. So it was just like, yeah, 
I don't know. It was very. (laughs) I would not have lived there. It was not. For the record. It was, well, my uh, stepdad at the time worked at the plant, um, at one of the plants, Y12. So like, you know, we had our phones tapped by the government for periods of time. Wow. Yeah. It was very disturbing. Anyway, uh, another another story for another time. Um, So I remember that. I remember, I remember very vividly the Challenger explosion because we, Uh. I was in the first grade. We'd all gathered into the library with like one of those little TVs on a cart to mm-hmm. like watch the watch one of the teachers a teacher going up in space it'll be so great yay and then and just yeah. absolute yeah that was terrible um so there was that. <laughs> a lot of like not so great things um and then like a year later in 1987 there was a there's something called black monday which was like a mm-hmm. major stock market crash and my mom came home and was like so totally worried that the world was about to end. And it was because this had happened. And I was like, uh, 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 you know, not understanding anything, but just knowing yeah. that was the first time that I knew that there was like a stock market <laughs> like, and it crashes and that causes lots of big problems. Um, and then on a more positive note, in like 1990 or whatever, it was the fall of the Berlin Wall. Uh, in the end of the Cold War. Um, The only bad thing was that my mom was a little obsessed with uh, Nostradamus. Mm -hmm. And um, I guess he had made all these predictions about how the wall would fall and like all these terrible things would happen. And so she was like preparing for the end of the world (laughs) after that. But at least I didn't have to do like atom bomb drills at school anymore. So that was that was helpful. Um. The oil spill, which you already mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Operation Desert Storm was mm-hmm. a big thing. because uh, I do and, remember that. Yeah. And that was funny because, like, I was a little hippie, right? So we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, we were in the Cold War. The Cold War ended. And then we, like, immediately go into this other war. Um, and so I'm, like, trying to be, and I'm living in a very conservative community. So I'm, like, trying to be supportive of the troops because I didn't want to like, cause also I want, like, I don't want to like not support troops because they, they have really hard lives. They're like, yeah, you know, um, but also I don't like the war. So I'm like trying to like say, I don't like this war, but I do support our troops, but I don't like the war. <laughs> uh, it's a very complicated place to be at like the age of 11. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I, I remember it, but I don't, like, I didn't, I don't think I was old enough to understand it. And I just remember, like, asking my parents, like, is the worst you're happening? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, okay. And then I'd go play with my toys. Like, right. I, I wasn't old enough to really understand what it meant. Yeah, I was just, like, just hitting, like, the level of where I was becoming aware of stuff at that point. Uh, like, really aware of stuff. Um, and that was also the oil spill about the same time period, too. Um and the O.J. Simpson trial, obviously. And something else that happened when I was in high school, and I don't remember the exact date off the top of my head, uh, was uh, Matthew Shepard. And I don't know if you remember that or not. Um, What's Matthew Shepard? He was a, uh, he was a uh, gay boy who got strung up in Wyoming and oh. got killed by, um, you know, it was a hate crime. But it was like the first time that we heard of the term hate crime, really. Like, obviously hate crimes were a thing that happened, but that was like 
a turning point in our society where we're like, this is not okay to just go yeah. around and kill gay people because they're gay. Right. And I guess as a queer like high schooler, I was like, yeah, ah, you know, and it really affected me a lot. Um, so Matthew Shepard happening, which might have even been in high school, or I mean, college, early college, actually, now that I'm thinking about it. So it might have been like 1997, maybe. I have to look it up. Anyway. Hmm. Um, and then as I got older, I have two things from my young adult pa- page, too, because like Y2K was a huge oh. thing. Um, and I was, oh God, night 20, I guess I was 21, almost 21, uh, when that happened. So I had Ashlyn and I was, I don't, I did not know what to expect. <laughs> so I ended up making sure, cause I think I was living with my mom at the time. Cause I think that Ashlyn, yeah, cause she was born August 99. So she was like a little baby. And I was still living with my mom. And I was like, I'm going to go spend New Year's with my grandmother in the middle of nowhere in Greene County, just in case something explodes <laughs> in Oak Ridge, because yeah. I do not want to die. Um, and so, like, it was a big deal. And then, of course, nothing happened because yeah, whatever. But Well, that's the, so I remember Y2K. I totally forgot about it. But I remember <laughs> it. But- this is one of those things where it's just like, I was like, there's just no way that the world's going to end because a computer can't calculate a date. You know, like I was, I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. And so I was just like, <laughs> I was just like this. No, this isn't. Yeah. Nothing's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. Which, well, you were younger than me and you, you were wiser yeah. than me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I do think probably at some point in my life, I will just be completely caught off guard. Something... Uh, like crazy is going to happen and I'm going to be like well I didn't see that coming <laughs> you know I mean that's kind of how I feel about 2020 and 2021 with the <laughs> pandemic honestly but yeah it's like all this time my entire childhood I was preparing for the end of the world and then eventually I was like eh, it probably would happen and then all of a sudden ta-da <laughs> yep it's happening guess what the world is ending um yeah anyway so that was I guess it was in the 9-11 of course I was in college and had um and ashlyn was like two i guess probably two or three and um yeah of course that was a big thing and for me it was like ridiculously and i guess maybe that's part of being in the generation that i was Mm -hmm. um because i i and to this day i still get sucked into the news like Mm -hmm. if if there is something that is being broadcast over and over again I don't know enough to just like shut it off. I'm just like, oh my gosh, obviously I have to pay attention to this thing. And um, and so I, I definitely, like I watched probably the news for 24 hours straight whenever that happened. Like I didn't watch anything else. And, um, and I was like, I was so distressed that Elle, who uh, we had, <laughs> we were together and then we broke up. We were just friends at the time. But um Elle actually was living in a different city and like drove all the way to me in the middle of the night to like just oh, dang. like make sure that I was okay because I was like yeah. so distressed, um, which I really am very still very appreciative of. Um, but yeah, so that was a huge thing. Um, and obviously everything has happened after that, but I feel like that's probably the end of my childhood and probably the end of important things that I should talk about. 
yeah, yeah, yeah. A major Obviously, things have happened in our lives, but right. I think, yeah. Even though, to your point, because you were talking about in 2004 and like the first gay marriages being legal, and like that was such a big deal for me. Of course, as a you know, as a queer person growing up, but like, and I think that may be one of the one of the differences between the generations because mm-hmm. like. For me, it was like, oh, my God, this never was going to happen. And now it finally is happening. And there was like this sense of like relief and disbelief and like, you know, when's the other when's the other shoe going to drop? Like, yeah, gonna take it away from us, um, you know, and it was like so it was a really amazing thing. Uh, so it wasn't like, oh, well, obviously we should have it. It was like a oh, they're finally going to give it to us. Yeah, yeah. I'm so grateful, you know. So I feel like that may be like a difference of like not feeling as if we have a right to these things, you know, and like having to learn that we do over time. So just from the way that we were brought up when a very, very, very um, homophobic and transphobic society in in the 80s, especially with AIDS, which we didn't talk about, but that was a big thing too. Oh, right. Um, yeah. In in the 80s as well. Like, if you looked at somebody, you were going to get AIDS, apparently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, then and I just remember, of course, the whole Magic Johnson thing. Yes, you know. yes. Yeah. I forgot um, about that, but yeah, that was a thing too. Yeah. So, mm. um, so part of this is... Um, talking about the cusp generation. Right, yes. We, we've obviously mentioned it, but... They have since deemed the cusp, uh, or they figured out that the people on the line of Generation X and Generation Y, which is millennials, um, don't quite fit. And so they have created now this cusp generation called the Xennials, or Xennials, or however you want to pronounce it. Yeah. X and then Ennials. But I think like Xennias, so I'm like Xennias, Xennials, Xennias. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I was pronouncing it Xennials because I think X has a Z sound. Yeah, yeah. It. But then James was like, well, there's actually a Xennial um, thing between Generation Z and Millennials. Oh, so maybe it's Xennials. Yeah, although I'm not sure. I haven't seen anything about a Xennials thing. So he could be, he might just be making it up, but... Yes, um, go ahead. One of the articles I was reading leading up to, you know, re- for researching this, I think this sums me up pretty perfectly. Um, it was, <laughs> Exennials get described as optimistic, tech savvy, and maybe a little bit too sure of themselves. And, <laughs> um, and I think that is absolutely perfect because, yes, as I mentioned, I'm not optimistic about people, but I'm optimistic about situations and outcomes. Right. Right. Um, and although maybe I'm not the most tech savvy, tech savvy person, but I am tech savvy. Um, yeah, you. And, I would say in the world, in the general world, you're recording yes. a fucking podcast. You are. <laughs> well, uh, that's true. That's true. Yes. Um, and um, and I'm definitely like I understand this about myself that any situation I walk into, I'm like, yes, I can do this. And we've even talked about several times. I think. Um, I, because I have that pair of underwear that says awesome across the butt. Yes. And, you know, James makes fun of me because he's like, you know, and, he, and and so I think there's this this whole, I do have, and that helps me though. I think having that confidence helps me um, 
through a lot of life. But um, yeah, so I do, I do think I have that natural confidence and sometimes too confident. I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And then I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? You know? Um, and another way that exennials were described was mature millennials. And I yeah, think that's perfect yeah. because I that's what I think angers me about the millennial stereotype is that they come across as immature or that they feel like people owe them things, which I don't right. think is a very mature. And so um, that's where I think I do fall into. I could be called a mature millennial and probably be okay with that. <laughs> But I've always been kind of, um, like, even when I was a little kid, I was described as mature for my age. Like, I yeah. remember my parents' friends would be like, your daughter is carrying on an adult conversation with yeah. us. And she's like six or something, you know, whatever. And yes. I think that's what's caused me to fall more into the uh, Generation X is just because of, even though, yes, technically by birth, I fall into the millennial thing, but I was more mature for my age, I think. Right, right. And the other thing that's really unfair about the way that millennials are pegged is like, they're not even the youngest in the workforce anymore. Like, no, they have matured and are no longer like there are some things you can attribute to someone due to their generation. And there yeah. are some things that you can attribute to someone due to the fact that they're just fucking young. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times millennials got flack for just being young. And that's not fair because like yeah. you're going to grow out of that. Um, right. And so now I, I do think it's interesting because I also, and I'll talk about this later, um, did some research about Gen Z. Um, mm-hmm. And it's interesting because some of the things that used to be attributed to, to millennials seem to have moved down, you know, and yeah. are now being attributed to, to Gen Z. And it's just like... Which you know, I can see that because... Maybe you just hate young people, people. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Which I think um, because of the, because you say, since you say it that way, um, because they are more tech savvy and Mm -hmm. by the time, although generation or the millennials weren't born into technology like generation um, Z or Gen Z, um, we evolved into it. But by the Mm -hmm. time we were ready to go to the workforce, we had already been comfortable with technology. Right, right. so because we are tech savvy, we are accelerating faster. Mm-hmm. So like before where you had to be, you probably had to be like 30 before you got like a serious office job. And I, I don't know this. I'm just throwing out that number as an example, but maybe you had to be 30 before you got a serious office job. Well, now like millennials can get those jobs at 20 because they have right. the tech skills of that 30 year old. Um and so I think you're I think you're hitting a nail on the head there because that's where we started flooding or the millennials started flooding the workplace and then all right. these other people were mad about it because they were like these little immature people that can do their work in half yes, the time and exactly. they get to go home at five and I'm still working until eight o'clock at night because I don't know how to work a stupid Excel Excel spreadsheet. You know? <laughs> Not that you're talking about this from experience. <laughs> Nope, not at all. Uh, Yeah, but I can see the same thing happening with Gen Z. They're coming in Mm -hmm. and they can do things like even faster than I can do. And I'm like, what the f? Like I am good at technology, and you're making me look like a grandma over here. Right, right, exactly. That's exactly Exactly. what's happening. Yep, yep. So I, I think that part of that is just is just that. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Xennial thing because we did a quiz. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and what did what did you come up with? I gotta look back on my on my uh, results because now I forgot what they were. But I sent them to you. What were your results on this quiz? And I'll, we'll put this quiz in the show notes. The quiz was, are you secretly a millennial? Um, and the sub, the subtitle to it is, Xennials live in the cusp between Gen X and the millennial. And then you get to uh, sort yourself out. So, yes. uh, so you share yours and I'll share mine. Yeah. So I think it was, um, well, now I'm trying to find where, did I, I can't. Yeah, you, te- you texted it. Yes, too, right here it is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, yeah, I think it was trying to put you in the millennial or the Gen X or whatever bucket. And so, uh, it was really funny because as we've established, you are older than me. Right. Um, but my result was I'm so Gen X indoctrinated, um, that you're not even really a millennial, which I thought was perfect. I mean, yes, like, yes, I have some millennial (laughs) traits. I will not deny it. But I do not feel like I relate to those people. So <laughs> tell me what your result was, Devin. Apparently, I'm just an old millennial. <laughs> Which I think is so funny. But yeah. I don't see, I mean. I don't think I don't, that I'm really a, a millennial. No, but, I, um, I don't think you're more millennial than me. But I think that's that's the perfect example of why this exennial thing needed to happen. Yes. because. You're being resulted as more closer to millennial, and I'm more closer to Gen X, but really our birthdays are opposite. So I think there should be a cusp generation. Right, exactly. And I agree. Like, the first time that I read about Xennials was uh, someone, and I'll put this in show notes as well, someone had written an article about the Oregon Trail generation. And I was like, oh my God, (laughs) yes. Whatever generation that is, is what I belong to. Because, like, I remember, you know, being in third grade and having those, like, stupid old Apple computers in a row at the back of the class. And you would go and you would play Oregon Trail to learn about the Oregon Trail. Um, And it was just like, yes, that is my, that, whatever you're saying here, that is me. Um, And so it's really interesting because it talks about that. It talks about growing up in that situation. Like, I remember, and I think I may have talked about this in an earlier podcast, but I remember, like, I was obsessed with the Carmen Sandiego games. So, yes. yeah. So there was, like, where in the USA is the Carmen Sandiego? Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? And then, oh, and then when I got to, like, I don't know, third or fourth grade, there was where in time is Carmen Sandiego. And I, Whoa. like, got so into that. And, like, it was part of a school thing. And then I got to, like, compete in, like, a, like, a uh, you know, whatever, countywide thing for where in time is Carmen Sandiego. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. It was beautiful. Um, but anyway, so, yes, <laughs> that is absolutely the case. I feel like the Oregon Trail Generation might be a better name for Xennials, yes. especially yes. because I can actually say it correctly. Yeah. Um, but the idea is basically that you have an analog childhood and a digital adulthood. So you've, you yeah. remember a time before you had cell phones, before there was social media, probably before there was internet. Uh, and then yeah. as you were an adolescent, you like started getting into this stuff. Um, and then as a young adult, you like really got into this stuff. And so there was like this transition, like 
almost as that technology was growing, so were you. And so, yes, you know, and like it's so it's very different for us because we have seen both sides of this coin that, yes. you know, other people way back here don't see. But, you know, like my kids for sure have only ever lived in internet and screens, right? So, yeah. And I'm so thankful that I had that early, the adolescence with the no technology because, like, I just couldn't imagine. I mean, obviously, I was always outside and I was playing right. in the woods and I was doing things. And I just couldn't imagine just being like, in the house talking to my... I mean, I know the pandemic is different, but just in general, you know, just right. making TikTok videos. It's like, that's not that's yeah. not interacting with people, you know? And um, I'm just so thankful that I had that time. And um, yeah, I felt like I was going somewhere else with that point. And I lost <laughs> it, but, you know, okay. I, I don't know. Okay. I just... I am I am thankful about that, but obviously having the tech skills is useful. But um. oh, absolutely! And I mean, as I discussed on the earlier podcast, like I have lived my entire life on the internet. Well, not my entire yeah. life, but like since the age of eighteen, my yeah. entire adult life on the internet. <clears throat> um, yeah. and oh, so, I remember. Yeah, what I was gonna say. Um, I think if I did have a kid, I would try to push off giving them a cell phone as as long as possible because yes. I would want them to have that experience of not having that burden. I think it really is, even though they don't see it as a burden, but I yeah. think having to always be connected. And then mm-hmm. if you are on social media or TikTok, you have to always pr- project as perfect. And um, so I would try to do that as long as possible. But like I have a niece that just turned 15 and mm-hmm. I remember like, I don't know exactly how old she was when she got her first cell phone, but I mean, she was probably like nine or something. And, right. and even though, you know, my sister tried to wait, it's like all her friends had cell phones. Right. So exactly. It's a problem of, you know, you don't want to hold them back too much because then mm-hmm. they miss out on all their friends and all that kind of stuff and they fall behind. And so I don't know how I would handle it now, but I would try to wait as long as possible. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that that's a great segue into the Gen Z stuff that I have discovered yeah. because um, one of the things that I find really fascinating is that Gen Z, so post post millennial um, yeah. starts like in the birth, the birth period start like in the late nineties and then go to present day. So mm-hmm. that means that my eldest and my youngest are all in the same generation, which is crazy to me because yeah. there's such a wide like division between them. But it also makes sense because, um, the things that kind of like, I don't know, define their generation are having always grown up with the internet, having yeah. always grown up with, you know, mobile devices, um, being technoholics. Um, and oh my God, all of my kids are that way. All of them, yeah. <laughs> all yeah. three of them. Um, you know, my, uh, my eldest uh, has, so she started out on the computer. So we didn't have, I didn't have a cell phone until Oh, 2003, 2004. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I was obviously way past adult age <laughs> before that. <laughs> Out of, uh, finished at least one part of college before I got a cell phone. Um, and uh, so she didn't have like those things, but she had the computer. Uh, and so she grew up with like playing Cat in the Hat or Starfall.com or whatever. 
Um, and so she had that as part of her childhood. And then as she got older, obviously, um, you know, as a teenager and as a, you know, older child, she was, she had connectivity to the internet. Anyway, all that to say, she didn't meet her boyfriend on the internet. They have been together for many years. I forget how many, like it's probably six or seven at this point. It's been a very long time. He is a sweetheart. I don't know this is probably not the story that usually happens to people um, yeah. who meet strangers on the internet, but um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> she, they, they met, I met up. you on the internet. Well, that's true. I met you on the internet too. <laughs> I met my husband on the internet. Actually, you should meet everybody on the internet. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like they met and uh, you know, and then they, they started dating over the internet and then she yeah. was, he wanted to come visit her and so his mom and him came out when she was like 15 or 16. Like she was still really young. Actually, it may have been younger. No, I guess it was 15 or 16. Um, and uh, they stayed in a hotel and, you know, they got to meet and I got to meet his mom and like it was a whole thing. Anyway, they, but they're still together. Like it's, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but that just shows you like that's a very I feel like that's a very Gen Z thing. Because yes. they are living their entire... He lives in California. She lives here. They're living their entire relationship over the internet. And they don't seem to mind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I, crazy. I would be going crazy myself if I was not, like, closer to the person that... Physically closer to the person I was trying to date. But uh, it seems to be working fine for them. Um, they also produce their own media a lot, which... Um, mm. Which is interesting because Ashlyn definitely does, always has. Yeah. Um, and her little sisters are like, they're not producing their own media yet, mm-hmm. but yet. they pretend to produce their own media. So like if they play Minecraft because they're so used to watching YouTube videos of people who are playing Minecraft, they yeah. will pretend that they are starting a video and that they are playing a video. They're like making a video on Minecraft. And if they're like, if I bring them into the kitchen to cook something, they want to pretend that they are on a video cooking something. <laughs> and I'm just like, why <laughs> can't you just cook this thing without you pretend like having to create content? Yeah. Um, so I feel like that is part of that generation for sure. And it's it's very interesting to me. And I guess I'm just, I'll be very interested to see how the pandemic ends up playing into that generation, especially. Like, obviously, it affects all of us. Anyone who's alive right now, we're all going to remember this. We're all going to be affected by it. But for them, especially, I'm interested to see how that ends up, like, shaping the future of their lives. Yeah. Well, and that was something I saw when I was looking at... um, well, actually, I think maybe the end of millennials and then maybe into Gen Z, but they end up working with companies instead of for companies. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think that leads to the whole YouTube influencer thing, which is what your kids are trying to do or train themselves to do. They're trying to be YouTube um, influencers. Yeah. <laughs> and six. I mean, it's a huge... It's a huge industry. Yeah. I just watched a video not too long ago about a girl who's, she's like early 20s and Mm -hmm. she's making 200 plus thousand dollars. Like 
I think she was doing YouTube videos and she's also do writing for Medium, right. uh, the website, article website. And she's making, yeah, like let's say $250,000. And could you imagine at early 20s making $250,000? No. Um, <laughs> now, no. at the same time, she doesn't have insurance or she doesn't have 401k. She doesn't have a pension. Right. She doesn't have any of these. So there are benefits to working for a company versus with a company. Um, and that's where, when I first met James, he was working as a contractor, not as a, and you may be doing the same thing now, I I am, but right now, yes. So, um, he didn't have benefits. He didn't Mm -hmm. have any of that kind of stuff. And like when it came time to pay taxes or to file taxes, he had to pay a lot because as a contractor, the the business does not take out taxes for you. So I think it's easy to say I make 250,000, but then when you really look at it, it gets dwindled down. But regardless, it's still a lot of money right? for like a totally different kind of thing. And um, so I'll be interested to see how maybe the insurance industry changes or, you know, just how do they plan for retirement? How do they plan for major surgeries um, hmm. without having these corporation benefits? Like that's right. what I'm kind of curious about, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. <sighs> well, and also another big thing, and this is millennials, but another big thing for millennials is they don't want to have, they don't want to be in debt or if they, yeah. well, they probably are in debt from their school student loans, but, um, a lot of times they won't have a house. They'll buy, like we've been watching a lot of videos about people that have, um, vans. So like a camper van and, the, and right. they're living in it, you know, that kind of thing. And so they don't have the mortgages and stuff like that. And so that's great that you don't have a mortgage, but that means you also don't have equity. So right. as a person that has moved, I don't know, four or five times, We've made money every time we've sold our house. So right. yes, we pay X amount of money every month. But then when the time comes to sell our house, we make our money back. Right. Um, where you have this van. However, you don't have the payment. So now you're pocketing, let's say, $1,000 a month. Right. Versus, right. you know, putting it into a house. So I'm also interested on how they fare with that. Like, are they good at managing their money that they actually invest that money? Right. Or, you know, would it have been better to buy a house and then have that equity so that when you sell it, you get that money back? Right, right. No, it's all yeah. really fascinating. And I did want to say there was some one other thing that struck me that I feel we both might be different from our generations in, um, mm-hmm. which is like the relationship that our generations are supposed to have to the workforce. Because yeah. like Generation X said something like you have you change jobs probably seven times in your life and yeah. like you're committed to the profession but not the job and the millennials yeah. are like you know whatever you job hop all the time right yeah. um neither one of us do that <laughs> like i know i i have been i mean i know i'm a contractor now but i'm still working for the same company i've been with my company for like 13 years how long have you been with your company Stacey. So that's actually, that's funny because that's what I was writing down when we started, you know, when I said, hold on, I'm making a note. Mm-hmm. It was all the jobs that I've had because I, w- I had read that same article that said right. that they on average change jobs. So <clears throat> if you look at just jobs I've ever had, right? then I've had like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine jobs um, ever. 
Right. However, since I had a career, since I graduated college and actually started my career, I've been with the same company and I've been with them 12 years. Yeah. 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 That's same yeah. year. Like, I mean, I've had, you know, teaching jobs that have been like extra jobs. Usually yeah. <laughs> on top of what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I've just stayed with the same place. So I think that's really interesting and that may say more about, and I guess my, uh, my ending thought on this whole generation thing is that this is all great information to have. And I feel like there is some amount of truth to the way that, you know, current events and society and culture as it changes affects people. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, people are people and people are going to be different and people are going to live differently and do different things. And Stacy and I are still going to like be attached and loyal to our employers. Yeah. Despite the fact that, you know, we're young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I say young because I am definitely not young at this point. But, you know, like being zennials and Millennials and Generation X, you're not supposed yeah. to be as attached to a employer as boomers. Like, apparently right. some of us are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, you can't be pigeonholed. Um, right. Yeah, and that's with anything. But I think, yeah, these are general statements and you can't be pigeonholed. Um, but I'm still mad when people call me a millennial. <laughs> Just don't call me a millennial. Just don't call me a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I love you, Stacey, and I will not call you a millennial. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I love you too, Devin. I'll talk to you next week. Okay. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Oh, shit. A Hoots Media Production. Hoot 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 h